Hello and welcome to another episode of Startup Hustle Middle East. This is how we shoot our episodes now. Um, we're very excited uh, because there are some amazing startups coming out of Saudi. And today we have with us Mohammed Al Dosari, uh, who is a co-founder of Sari, that has uh, recently closed a Series A round of six point six million dollars. Um, and we're just very excited to have you on the show, Mohammed. Excited to be in the show and hopefully the discussion be enriching to your audience. Thank you so much. Great. Um, so, Mohammed, can you give us a little elevator pitch about Sari? Definitely. If you are a business owner today, uh, you don't need to go to the wholesale market yourself, mm-hmm. nor you need to hire a purchasing team to handle 10, 20, 100 of supplier. You can just open Sari app. You can access the largest virtual inventory on the region and order your supply within one click and have it delivered within three hours from the source without any involvement of middlemen. So what we are doing today is synchronizing the market, giving it more efficiency so you as a supplier reach the shelf faster and you as a business owner have the benefit of more fluidity, speed, easiness, as well as better financial and gross margin. Mm. That's awesome. So, uh, Mohammed, if you could give us a little bit of background, I know that you've uh, participated in a bunch of different startups um, in this region. So if you could tell us uh, a little bit about your history before you started, sorry. So let me give you a little background. Uh, I spent about 10 years in Canada, actually. I did my undergrad, then I did my grad. I work a little bit in the wealth management. Then actually I did my first startup in Canada. Uh, One that failed, it was mainly focused in education and social bookmarking, then moved more to uh, actually grocery, focusing on halal market in North America. It actually mm-hmm. was a success that exited. Okay. So I, th- I found it a good segue to come to the, to the region and start a new business. But uh, the dynamics, the, the context is totally different than North America. And I decided to join a fast growing startup. And at that time, Kareem was the center point. They just closed Series C. Uh, I met the founder and I fell in love with the vision and the mission that they're going with. I joined them actually as a market launcher when market launcher was a new terms in the region and nobody was sure that's going to work. So we worked on launching a couple cities in KSA. Then I moved to the operation overseeing the Saudization of the industry until I reached to be a director of a new categories and mainly focus on uh, logistic and food, which is now known as Kareem now. Yeah. So the main focus that how can Kareem evolve from being a ride hailing to be a super app. So we were the first to nurture that idea vision. So that's my uh, transition with Kareem. Uh, we launched in KSA and we captured a lot of learning. And on that actually experience, I've seen the gap between businesses and suppliers mm-hmm. and a lot of them would ask us yes you deliver the food to the customer could you deliver the supply to our store mm. at that time most of the hypes is happening on the last mile 
and everyone is doubling down on because it's the obvious. It's already streamlined. It's already understood. But then first mile, every time is coming to my uh, resonating with, with the pain over there. Mm-hmm. And uh, as a person that spent 10 years in Canada, I was accustomed to Costco. And I always wanted to go to the wholesale. And the wholesale in Saudi is fragmented. It's bit industrial. You cannot bring your kids with you. So I've seen a huge pain individually. And I've seen the pain commercially when I work with Kareem. And I realized there needs to be an action to digitize that space just to make it seamless uh, to, to, to buy from. Mm-hmm. While having that thought cooked to my let's say my brain, I was as well moving to a new challenge with Cirque. And Cirque got acquired by Bird. And uh, the main focus is micromobility. A huge segment of transportation happened under three kilometers. And today, ride-hailing cars are not the efficient uh, model that we're seeing. So electric scooter, electric bike actually becomes handy and sufficient but it has one of the toughest unit economics. So let's say in my journey, I've seen two startups that I work with got acquired by uh, international player. Uh, They've dealt with very challenging unit economics and they're always disrupting and cannibalizing a specific segment, which came in, let's say, handy when launching Sari. Mm -hmm. As we are bringing an offline to online market, the margin is very thin in that industry, so you have to be innovative on how to bring added value so you can maximize your unit economics. Mm-hmm. And in startup, it's all about agility. It's all about bringing the top talent. And at the end of the day, they say culture eats strategy at the breakfast. So you need to build the culture from day one. And that's what we've been focusing on to make sure the fabric between the employee, the structure that makes sense from today to five years. Okay. Wow, you have a very impressive uh, background. Uh, Do you think that that had uh, a big role to play when you were fundraising as well? Like the Kareem experience, you know, success with two startups, two exits. Um, Do you think that had a huge part to play? I think that gives you a lot of credibility when you talk to investors. Uh, actually, I started the fundraising after Kareem exit. So a lot of people thought there is a formal. Then the term Kareem Mafia came out and a lot of people, can you introduce us to your colleagues? So I think uh, all these kind of nonsense at the, at the face value will make the, the, the discussion interesting. It will open door, but at the end of the day, it's gonna come to your PNL. It's gonna come to your burn rate. It's gonna come to your performance. And if you cannot validate that on your work, especially when you go to Series A, it's more of an institutional investment. Mm-hmm. That would make sense at seed, pre-seed with people focusing on the person. But at a Series A, it's gonna be all about performance. And I think one of the important uh, things that a lot of uh, VC today would focus on is that does that CEO uh, went to the similar circumstances 
that the startup he will build went through? Will he be able to build a team? Will he be able to cultivate a lot of people around the mission? What kind of challenges have he seen? So I think a lot of these things uh, equipped me today to do that. I wasn't in Kareem as, as a coder sitting in a dark room. No, I was a market launcher. I've seen things with legislator. I've seen things with, with people. I need to challenge the stigma about actually riding with someone stranger that you don't know mm-hmm. <laughs> in a city uh, in the north of, uh, of KSA that has not had mobile penetration. So it's not just about being an ex-Kareem, but as well, what is your know-how? Mm-hmm. the quality of your knowledge uh, and if you are an expert of your business mm-hmm. and this is something that a lot of startup are not aware of a lot of vc are not subject matter expert in everything mm-hmm. they have uh, a portfolio they have a scope on a lot of markets that they find attractive and your responsibility as a founder to come and educate and share your market what are the challenges and a lot of, uh, let's say, prejudice about such industry need to be challenged. And I think a lot of VC will be excited about that wave of founders that have strong hypotheses, mm-hmm. strong ideas, very good understanding rooted from an experience coming from uh, previous startups. Mm. Interesting. Um, One of the uh, things that uh, we've attended a lot of startup events and one of the things that keeps coming up about Saudi market uh, and the challenges with the market is that uh, is the cash on delivery issue. So uh, with the Kareem launch and also with Sari, um, do you feel like this is a challenge that you've had to overcome? Are things changing? What is the situation? Uh, cash and delivery is yes a challenge cash is king in ksa and uh, i recall in kareem times the offices were half teller half uh, offices and it was actually one of the shocking things that uh, i witnessed when i joined and i think it's just a stepping stone that you have to do uh, to adjust the market and to go uh, through the adaptation uh, curve uh, same thing happening with us with Sari. The only challenge is different from us versus Kareem is the ticket size. So for Kareem, a driver would deposit three, four hundred real or dirham, but here we're talking about hundreds of thousands. So the 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 the, mal, uh, the 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 difference in terms of magnitude is a huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily, a lot of governmental initiatives happening to, to fight cash. Mm. So we are already being a virtual IPAN. We already started doing a lot of payment. And we're seeing that's already uh, cannibalizing uh, the cash or cash on delivery. Mm-hmm. And uh, due to COVID-19, a lot of people actually does not want to uh, interact with cash. So a lot of things came in place now, governmental initiatives, uh, safety and health, and that's pushing uh, the adaptation to non-cash. But this is something we have to adjust. We need to familiarize ourselves and build solution uh, around it. So Mm -hmm. it it doesn't seem a curveball for me, 
but I think we have to have a milestones, very realistic, how to adjust. And one of the things that I need to bring is that a lot of retail uh, uh, shop owner in KSA yet does not have a POS. So all the transaction happening in cash, so they don't have actually a bank connected. So all the cash in the drawer actually, and they would sell and use that cash. And even the government want to have more visibility on the transaction, more transparency on where the money coming from and how it's been utilized. And just for your information, about 15%, one five of the total GDP goes through trade concealment. So it's hard to be traced. It's hard to be identified. And most of it happening on the food and beverage or the grocery retail. So Sari today is not just giving visibility to merchant, but as well all the stakeholders, including the government, the payment solution, and everyone. So we are unraveling uh, or unrevealing what's the challenge over there just to make sure the infrastructure get uh, laid down properly. Great. Uh, that's amazing. So, Flock, uh, for uh, clarity, Sari connects the wholesale markets to restaurant owners, uh, shop owners, uh, and it's mostly, it's all FMCG products. Is that right? Correct. So when we started, actually, we said we have six months to fail fast. We just want to go try everything. So mm -hmm. we started with a fresh and tomato and farmers. Then we moved to more of a general products. Then we moved to all wholesale. Then we decided FMCG has high frequency, has high velocity, and still not been corrected. So we need to start from the basics and start branching out to more, uh, let's say, premium uh, challenging category. So we focus on FMCG mid of 2019. And from Q1 2019 to Q1 2020, we grow 650x. So, <laughs> the, so the, growth was, well, the growth was so huge. Uh, the reception from the industry was very interesting, and uh, we kept doubling down on the on the on that category. So, how do we do that? The the, the X factor about Sari today is that we don't have a fixed A point. It's actually a dynamic dispatching. We always try to prioritize factories and principle of a brand. If you say Nestle, Unilever, PepsiCo. But if there is a better price on the market, then our algorithm will start dispatching to better A point for you as a, as a micro business. And to give you even more bargaining power, we are even testing a bidding system that gives you the power to actually go and submit your uh, list to be bid around a player around the region. And that's one of the, uh, let's say, aspiration Khalid and myself have, is we say, we want uh, homemade goods mom uh, that sell their product on Instagram, have the power 
of bargaining as McDonald's. So we always joke about this internally, is how can we give them the power? How can we streamline it? How can we make it uh, easy to be deployed? So that's what we do. Um, in order to uh, do this, you guys have a pretty large technology stack, I'm guessing. So you need to connect Absolutely. your suppliers to your wholesalers and you have an algorithm in between and your app, right? So how long did it take you guys to, to develop your technology stack? I know you guys have a CTO uh, who's your co-founder as well, right? Khaled, yeah. Khaled, yeah. Yes. So, uh, so how so did that this, So I think this is one of the biggest uh, challenge. A lot of people, and uh, probably in the region, do not get their head around is technology is not the solution technology is enablement to what you're going to do as a business and you need to have your hand and destiny and control on that enablement and a lot of businesses get this wrong by developing their startup overseas and go do things offline and hopefully that technology start to fit in within the business model and in two or three years they find that's actually rubbish and they're gonna throw it out so and they start developing again and they found themselves they've been doing an offline business and we've seen that a lot with uh, emerging markets that might not have depth of talent when i started sari i wanted to work with uh, a technical co-founder that have a vision that have a milestone and we decided to do the business in a module like a lego style every time we deploy something then it gets evolved evolved until we have the full stack uh, so from day one when we built the thesis about being a lightweight asset is to be doing something that not going to the zero and becoming an absolute to such a last mile we want to focus on industry that's a blue ocean and we don't want to compete with the government so we said, these are the things that we want to focus on. Immediately, we jump on and did a Shopify page just to test a lot of hypotheses and category while we are developing the web, since web is actually getting adoptive, easy to be done. To... And so this is one of the very important things is move fast. Mm -hmm. The market will not wait for you. You need to move fast. You need to experiment a lot of your hypotheses that absolutely going to be wrong in the first, third, fourth try. And the, your job is not to wait until a year to discover it, but you need to do it today. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we had a deadline yesterday and we moved very fast just to make sure that we are actually executing and launching that MVP. Mm. and capturing the market requirement and immediately we have a cycle after cycle and when it, what excites a lot of actually uh, vc when we meet them this quarter with the website the next week we meet or the next quarter we meet them with an ios release the mm. quarter next we show them the full platform mm. the, the, the the quarter after they see a full fledge where do you have uh, operational uh, uh, platform, you have suppliers platform and as I speak we are moving more a marketplace to business enablement mm -hmm. so we're already piloting actually microfinancing to some of the small businesses we're moving to more of actually microservices mm -hmm. and I think technology when we worked on it in the early days 
a lot of VCs found it luxury. But now it's paying its dividend and it seems to be the component that gives us the agility and the scalability. And that's why we have that, seen that tremendous X. So we can launch any city next week and lay on our technology fabric and start to plug in things. So that's, let's say, uh, let's say the fruit of focusing on technology. And we need to adjust our thought of what's the technology role on the business. Mm. Okay. So uh, one question I had, which is a challenge that we have is, uh, as well as partner onboarding. So um, I think any kind of marketplace, uh, you know, it, it can't exist without your partners and your suppliers on there. So how did you uh, guys go about the partner acquisition journey? On both sides. Yeah. So I think B2B is a market based on trust. Okay. And uh, I think you need to make sure you're bringing added value to both uh, multi-sided or stakeholders uh, and I, based on my experience with Kareem that uh, egg and chicken <laughs> dilemma I think supply always come first uh, and then you start doing the flywheel of a marketplace so focus on making sure that we bring in, we started with small supplier mm -hmm. then we move to wholesalers then we move to wholesale, wholesalers, then we move to the brand. And as we go with proving actually the validity of the system, mm -hmm. and we're building a strong attraction, so you cannot jump immediately to the brand and say, here's, I'm connecting you. They're going to say, how much have you sold of that product? So you need to build attraction. You need to capture a lot of learning. And that's we have, what we have done, is that convince supplier by proof. And at the end of the day, it's going to come to sales. How many SQ have you sold? What is the, the basket size and et cetera? Uh, a lot of people are going to say no, and that's fine. You need to find one that trusts your vision, and you need to build a success story around it. Then you start echoing that referral model to different players on the industry. So yeah. that's when it comes to, to supplier. And the same thing comes with, uh, with a customer. Uh, Saudi have a huge mobile penetration, and we need to leverage this through uh, digital acquisition, as well as, uh, as I mentioned, that this market is based on trust. And I think in the coming 12 months, the biggest channel for us is going to be a referral and make sure that we're bringing customer alike that willing to stick, they're willing to have healthy retention and see the added value now. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, you said that uh, eventually you want to look into uh, microfinancing uh, for your suppliers and things. So I wanted to check, like, is the vision for Sari to be a super app as well? So super app, I would say more of a horizontal. And I think that's going to come into the play probably in two or three years. What we are focusing on verticals. Uh, so that's what I believe is the focus for Sari. Organically, we see cafe, we see restaurant, we see hotel coming on the platform and ordering. Mm -hmm. Our focus is still FMCG. But again, the beauty about marketplace and not having a warehouse and van to be delivering is that 
customer will bring you the supplier and that's the network effect start kicking and said, listen, I like your solution. I'm buying 20% of my basket. I want 80% now. Here is this supplier. Get them in your platform. I want to order them for, through you. And that's the beauty of a marketplace where you start uh, things moving. So mm-hmm. I think our focus going forward, especially with COVID-19, is going to be a lot of financing. Uh, and and I, I like one of people's analogy about financing at the early stage is just the oxygen for the, for the platform. Mm-hmm. It's going to facilitate a lot of transaction. And that becomes more vital, actually, with COVID-19. And that's what we're focusing on. Mm-hmm. But by end of this year, uh, there is a lot of requirements going to be deployed on in micro, small businesses when it comes to regulation and government and reporting, taxation. Mm-hmm. And most of them are clueless about how to do it. And we just want to make sure that we're partnering with them in this journey to make it seamless. And by the way, by end of this week, all Bakala are mandatory to have a POS. So things are happening in a very accelerated yeah, so things are happening in an accelerated way. And we're lucky to be on that, riding that wave and be consistent with the, with the market movement. Mm. So speaking of COVID-19, I know we briefly spoke about this before we started recording, but uh, what's the situation like in Saudi and how has it affected you guys uh, as a company? So as a company and in the FMCG industry, we've seen a huge surge. I think in March, we did 50% what we did in 2019. So demand was was tremendous. Uh, a lot of supplier that actually uh, resisting uh, the lightweight uh, lightweight asset model, the movement to actually plug in to more uh, tech player. Now they no longer sees it as uh, as a challenging uh, topic. They are jumping on the e-commerce. So definitely, e-commerce penetration is happening at a fast pace worldwide, and we are no different than this. But we have seen a lot of uh, uh, unexpected behavior. Even some people that people that were not catering their language, uh, they're trying to order through the app. They're trying to go around and order. Even though they don't speak Arabic or English, they're like, let's say, speak Urdu. But mm-hmm. our app does not support Urdu. And they just go by the picture and start ordering <laughs> because the pain is getting, the pain is getting bigger. Uh, a lot of wholesalers actually got affected on COVID-19 because their area has the most density. Mm. Uh, so they got shut down. And wholesalers worldwide seem to be the only channel to traditional traders or small uh, or micro uh, players. So for us, we gave brand another channel with higher efficiency, with higher uh, visibility and data oriented. So I think that accelerated our capture of market share. Mm-hmm. And it gave us a lot of data to, to, to look back at, to capture, to understand. Mm-hmm. So our role is getting bigger. A lot of things getting accelerated. It's hard to digest for a team that composed of 25 people. So we are actually Zoom. And that's very challenging to make sure that your culture and stack and cohesive while you're growing and multiple sides. So yeah. is it 
it's a threat, it's a challenge, but we see it from the opportunity angle. Mm -hmm. What are the things that we can push faster? Mm -hmm. What are the things that we believe was planned to be done in three years? Let's bring it now front and center and start pushing and doubling down to to unlock it. Mm -hmm. As it is a a, a sad incident, we need to leverage it. It's one of the biggest levers now for us to make sure all the resistance that we think the market will not adjust to, now they have to be thrown in that blender, just to make sure. (laughs) I think a lot of startups actually, I mean, a lot of startups are suffering greatly because of it, but a lot of startups are also gaining major traction now because of this. Mm. cashless payments um you know uh ease of use delivery yeah um you know nobody's going out as much uh especially retail out here in dubai as well yeah um you know like all the online players i'm sure are performing much better during this phase yeah a lot of uh, what we've seen in dubai is uh, a lot of traditional retail very brick and mortar focused is also moving online now they have yeah. to uh, and like mall of the emirates uh, one of the biggest malls here uh, part of majital fatem group they launched their e-commerce site dior that uh, was not catering to e-commerce audience at all opened up their e-commerce site so i think that um, I work in marketing and uh, we have some established brands that we work with and even everyone's in a funk. Like, how do you yeah. react to this and people's behaviors? It's not something that we can predict anymore. So I think that uh, startups are at an advantage because they can pivot and adjust uh, accordingly and if they don't it's this is kind of like leveling the playing field right now yeah i i agree 100 percent. and one of the things that we need to note that uh, i know that i've captured that from previous startup as attempting to you to go fast and hit the barrel you need to make sure that you're not biting more than can you chew (laughs) it is tempting to go and say Oh, I'm growing 500%. That's beautiful. Mm. What are you going to do after that spike? And uh, a lot of customers, you make sure that when they come to the platform now, they have longevity, they have a healthy LTV. So you make sure to be composed, Mm. to, to yes, leverage that opportunity, but not to open the door for everything. And and you find yourself in, in a, big financial challenge in four, six months where everyone holding their actual investment. So I think one of the biggest advice right now is to be composed, to leverage it to extent and uh, make sure you are pushing the the challenging uh, obstacle rather than just letting the market uh, move you. Hmm. Yeah, so I'm not sure if you're aware, but uh, I run a, a startup myself. It's called Ajar Car, and we're a car rental marketplace. So we basically provide the technology stack for small to medium-sized car rental companies to go online. And of course, we've been drastically hit by COVID-19 since nobody's renting cars anymore. 
but uh, we are taking this opportunity to onboard more partners because all the partners are struggling for business as well and they're opening up to more opportunities looking for different ways to expand their business so we've actually had a great time onboarding new partners during this phase because people are looking for uh, you know new revenue channels. streams mm. yeah so but hopefully when things ease up uh, we'll have a much better marketplace uh, mm. to people to experience i agree and i think one of the keywords i'm a bit more of like re, liking right now is not pivot but repurposing yeah. a lot of people coming now you need to repurpose your resources and get back after covid 19 so mm -hmm. you don't need to pivot 100 then uh, struggle to 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 readjust so i think repurposing is very important right now to maximize uh, the utilization of your resources yeah um let's talk a little bit about uh your uh, co-founder and how that partnership came to be with Khalid, and how essential it is to to a startup so that's three questions in one <laughs> <laughs> so i think i was in, in, in the look for uh first tech employee mm. um i started looking for um, through my network uh, to VC actually saying, listen, I have an idea, I have a market. Do you know someone want to do something and does not have a business partner? I would love to start interviewing and see them as a first employee. Uh, and I actually met Khalid in Jitex and we were start talking and he was already leaving uh, one of the uh, leading local agency on the country called TTB. And he was actually handling Kareem as a client. So we met more, more on a client uh, service or uh, service provider relationship. But then we talk, it's like, I'm leaving uh, creative industry. I'm going back to tech. He has a software engineer background. Uh, I actually, he said, I actually went to business just to understand the disconnection between business people and tech people. They speak different language. I, mean, I want to make sure that I wear multiple hats just to understand. And that was very intriguing for me just to see that the maturity, the understanding of the disconnection. And he was ready to, to, to endeavor in a new venture. Um, and I offer employment he said listen i have a saving i like the vision i like the market either i join as a partner or it doesn't make sense to me i want to have a skinning the game i want to have the heat mm -hmm. so that was actually a, a very very important component that you getting someone is not in the bandwagon and leaving when things get uh, mm -hmm. or yeah. went south he was willing to have his skin in the game. And one of the things that a lot of people try to resist is they get uh, somehow hold of their equity. No, I'm not giving it to that person. Uh, but you need to look, to look not for the plus, for your multiplier. And Khalid was the multiplier I'm looking for. Mm. And uh, he came in and said, listen, you don't know technology, I don't know operation. I'm going to focus on these things. That's the vision I see. That's the vision. And we see how can we build synergy around it. And we started getting each other for about two or three months. And I think since then, um, 
the the synergy between us get, got better and better and better and what kept kept it very uh, let's say productive is that we both expected the worst none of us <laughs> expected the best scenario we said this is going to die in 6 months let's have a good ride let's enjoy it <laughs> let's try everything that we can we are employable if things go south we can go back and get a job yeah. <laughs> but at least let's try everything that we can do in these six months so we don't regret it mm-hmm. so we went more with a very aggressive mentality mm-hmm. and we put all everything that we have just to make sure uh, to, to to capture the learning that we want mm-hmm. so I, I i got to know him through a network uh relationships start building up uh, a lot of people would say you need to get someone that you know uh but i don't favor uh, let's say relationship or uh, previous history on competency khalid had the competency had the interpersonal skills that i was looking for and uh, i like actually someone said look for the founder that has the delta of your skills so you look for someone that complement you yeah and he had this i'm more of a let's say aggressive optimistic is more of a uh, collaborative integrative and somehow pessimistic so we're balancing each other <laughs> and <laughs> so yeah so we are balancing each other when it comes to 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 synergy um then uh i think what you need to focus on is on founders is that they have to be uh agile and fast rather than impatient i had that experience before with someone that mistaken speed with impatience and he want to always have result now 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 so this is one key two you need someone to trust because you don't need to micromanage them you need to give them the autonomy and they can double down on it i think you need someone that has a grit and that's one of our value right now that has the perseverance and the passion at the same time mm-hmm. uh but you need to make sure that the grit does not goes to negative obsession with their ideas and mm-hmm. they get married to the concept that they develop because you need to move fast you need to cannibalize yourself Mm. before other startup start cannibalizing you mm, so yeah. that's how i got to know khalid those are the things that we started to build as our of our culture and values and uh, i'm not sure if i covered all your question no actually you did that's that's very good uh, <laughs> we've interviewed people that are sole founders and we've interviewed uh, startups where where they're co-founders and it's always interesting to know um what makes that partnership work you know mm-hmm. because uh having a startup is a grind and yeah you do need to kind of do it with someone that has the same level of uh grit and and passion towards it as you do so it was it was something that there was on our list of questions absolutely yeah all right so one thing i wanted to ask you is you guys recently raised your series a uh how did you guys fund yourselves uh until that point did you guys raise the round before that or so 
both of us came from, let's say, executive position. So we had some saving uh, to mm-hmm. just bootstrap. And uh, we, as I mentioned, we had six months plan just to go and try as much as we can. Mm-hmm. And yes, we saw a lot of traction on the market. We went then to acceleration with uh, STC. They have a program called Inspire You as one of the leading uh, accelerator in the region that they would give you cash with no equity. Plus, they will give you the mentorship. You will go to Silicon Valley as well to meet startups and big company like Salesforce and others. Mm-hmm. So we went through an acceleration. As we exited the acceleration, we met actually our investor in Silicon Valley, which is the irony. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> we got our seed investment from a Saudi investor in the Silicon Valley. So, <laughs> <laughs> so two Saudi bounding in Silicon Valley and getting the investment there <laughs> to build something on, on the on the region. So. Our, invest, uh, our first investor actually uh, committed while we were drinking the coffee. He said, you know, I'm in. Mm. I want you to go. And that's where Kareem credibility comes in because he sees the team. He sees that you're not uh, delusional about your future. You are mm. actually looking for the worst. And you are saying you're not coming with uh, crazy valuation. So we came more with let's say, uh, standard international. We came with a safe, said, listen, we are going to fail, but let's prove this wrong. Let's go continue doubling down on the market. Mm -hmm. So there was no high expectation. And that's where we enjoyed the low pressure. We became a stealth mode startup and we continued doubling down uh, on the momentum Mm -hmm. until we had those Xs. Then numbers speak for itself. So you go to VCs and you say, listen, that's what we've been doing. And that's our vision. And that's where we're, what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that a lot of founders uh, mistake between fundraising and uh, talking to their team, it's, it's going to be storytelling to everyone. You have to make sure that you, are, you have a good story to your startup, how it started, how it's evolving. And I always say the biggest question is not what are you doing, not how are you doing it, it's why you're doing it now. Mm-hmm. So it's all about timing, why you are the best startup to double down on now. Mm-hmm. So the why question is very important uh, and to bring relevance to all the, 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 the dynamics on the ecosystem mm-hmm. and to make sure that when you go tell your venture story, it's cohesive, it's connected with all the local, global dynamics. And uh, we need to remember, VC is not charity. They're looking for better uh, turnover, their better exit. So you need to have actually that exit strategy in your mind from early on. A lot of people get in my startups, I want to be IBM, that's beautiful but in a region that does not have a lot, a lot of exit strategy when it comes to IPO mm-hmm. or all these options, you need to have within that within your plan. Kareem did it. Souk did it. You need to start building that on your uh, business plan and your vision, uh, either IPOing or exit or acquisition or whatever. 
So, and I think VC as well is young in the region. Some of them are in their first fund, some of them is in the second fund, and they start to make sure uh, to fill the gaps of know-how and mm-hmm. to answer the question that they're not aware of. And again, it's going to be a transparency. You mm-hmm. need to be transparent on your challenges. A lot of people come say, we are the best player. We have AI, we have this, we have that. <laughs> Stay away from these shiny <laughs> keywords. <laughs> Just be transparent and say, listen, those are my challenges. That's how I'm going to address them. That's how I'm going to move on. That's my assumption. Please come and challenge my assumption. Mm-hmm. A lot of people assume things are going to go smooth. They have the best technology. Again, you need to have everything uh, within the assumption and getting checked with reality from investor and from uh, other stakeholders mm-hmm. and i think one of the early discussion we said Khalid and i is that as much as you expose yourself to more investor you increase your probability of getting an investment mm-hmm. so a lot of people say i'm doing an awesome thing everyone has to come fund me it does not work that way Mm-hmm. You need to expose yourself as much as you can to investor to the no, and people will keep you within your their radar. You need to make sure you're updating them regularly. You're giving them the understanding of the market. How are you moving? How are you pivoting? Mm-hmm. And so just stay in touch with everyone. There is no such thing called going early to, to, to an investor. In fact, Traed, who led our round now, we met them two years ago. We mm-hmm. met them, we have no product. We said, hey guys, we are launching this product in a month. We want to go there, we want to do this and that. And said, wow, that's an interesting market. We are looking to invest in, but we have not found the, the startup that we want to do. And we said, what are the things that you're looking for? What are the milestones? Mm. What are the conditional precedents? What makes you write the check? We build enough uh, know-how on how to close the round, and that helps us when we close our round in Series A. We deploy the term sheet close in two weeks, which is fast <laughs> on the region. Wow. Because, because we captured all these comments two years ago, and I think that's a good advice to all startups. Do not go to investor early on, want an investment. Just go listen. That's a free mm-hmm. consultation, free okay. advice. They're going to tell you how is the market moving, how you're not performing. They're going to start flagging things. Most of them are not going to be right, but you need to have multi-sided, diverse uh, opinion other than you and your founders who is in the honeymoon and loving the vibes of a startup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, I've learned so much just by meeting VCs and just explaining the business and immediately they'll shoot so many things down and then you look at it in a different way, you think about it in a different way. Uh, it definitely helps. Yeah, that objectivity is really important because uh, you and your team and your co-founder are too close to it. Right. So, yeah. uh, like it's interesting that that you met with right the ventures even before you launched because i'm sure that the feedback they give went into a lot of product development aside from also knowing what is it that they're looking for when they'll invest so i think that that's yeah. quite interesting 
Yeah. Um, actually, listening yeah. to you uh, talk, it's it's super cool because with Startup Hustle, we're about forty five episodes in, and uh, when we talk about like advice that people share, like this, there's so much in your story that is like textbook like what you need to do as a startup <laughs> you know uh, so like usually we end the the podcast with what advice you have but um, I'm hoping people are just sitting with a notebook and like writing down <laughs> things that you're saying because it's like yeah gotta do this gotta do this it's uh, it's been a very uh, cool cool chat yeah yeah but yeah, Absolutely. if there was like one piece of if advice. If there was one piece of advice. You've given us plenty and our listeners plenty, but yeah. One. Yeah. Um, I think one is that if you have an idea, ideas is worth a dime. You need to execute. I need to move fast. And again, you have the difference between moving fast and being impatient. You have to move fast, break walls. And that will give you a good learning. Either you learn fast or you fail fast. Mm -hmm. So that's my biggest advice. It hurts me every time I sit with businesses that have been doing the same mistake for three, four years. And they're not moving. They're not adjusting. They're just locked down on that chamber of their love to their ideas. So a lot of people say, what is the biggest component to invest in a startup? A lot of VC would say the market. A lot of early investor would say the team. Other would say the timing. And I'm with the timing component. So you need to, to move fast and always wake up and ask yourself, why I'm doing this? Why am I relevant? Why I'm doing this? And you need, you need to challenge yourself. And that's what... I learned from Kareem where you have a giant like Uber breathing at your neck is that you need to cannibalize yourself and ideas before others do it. So again, move fast, challenge your ideas. It's not written in stone. It's fine to be wrong. Everyone going to get it wrong. So you need to move fast. You need to learn from your mistakes and do not be stubborn. And that's one of the things a lot of people I work with get surprised is that we agreed on this last week. Is it what we agreed on <laughs> got optimized? It's totally different. And that's my hypothesis. You can challenge my hypothesis now rather than sticking. So I think you need to review it on day to day, week to week, month to month, quarter to quarter, and make sure if things not working well, you need to adjust and move fast. And that's what we need on the region. People that move fast and break walls, then we can build the infrastructure that uh, moves to more stability. One of the analogy I like, people say in the first two years, you are a pirate. The last two years from you become a Navy. So you need to be a pirate knocking every wall yeah. until you find the product market fit. So you need to move fast. Then become a navy. Okay, <laughs> that's a good one. We'll use that in a future episode. <laughs> and uh, if there was, uh, if you could describe one mistake you think you made on your journey with Sari, I think one of the biggest mistake is that. Um, so when we started, we said we want to digitize all wholesale, 
and uh, everyone wants to buy a big basket should come to Sari. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge market. And as much as you want in your early days to access the biggest market cap size, you need to have your niche. You need to focus. You need to get the best experience for your first 20, 30 a client, then 100 clients, then 1,000 clients. I think it's appealing for people to say, oh, I have 200,000 downloads. I have those all vanity numbers that you don't need to focus on. You need to be obsessed on building it block by block. And one of the things that we got, let's say, it's mistake and as well helped us is that we said we're going to stay serving everyone and let's see who decides or who has the biggest pain. So we did not move fast. We were more hesitant on what to shut down to focus on people or businesses. Mm-hmm. So I would say that uh, what was a mistake, but it gave us much learning. Now, if you're going to talk to me, what if you're going to deliver to homes? We already have data to leverage. Mm. But again, do not hesitate. You need to be bold. A lot of uh, decision you're going to do does not make sense for you to do, but you need to be bold. And I think one of the areas, if you are bootstrapping, you want traction, you're going to say, I'm not going to shut down things. I'm just going to accept things. So this is one of the mistakes we did early on is that we were having a wider angle. Mm. And uh, because we are moving fast, we shut it down uh, by early Q uh, 2019. And we focus on B2B. And so that's the mistake that I would also tell people. Do not launch your app from day one as a super app. Please, a super app is a result of a journey of building. I see a lot of startups today is they fix your air condition, they deliver your grocery, they do a lot of things within one. This is so many metrics, so many uh, operational challenges. So have your niche, master it, and start expanding very fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good one. All right, cool. Thank you, Mohammed, for being on the show. It was very nice talking to you. All the best with Sari for the future. Uh, It sounds like you guys are doing great. And um, thank you for being on the show. Yeah, thank you so much. Absolutely. Great. Thanks a lot for having me. And if you are a business owner in Sari, please don't hesitate to use Sari. We're happy to cater your needs. So we will leave links to Sari's website as well as Muhammad's LinkedIn. If you want to bombard him with any questions awesome. on LinkedIn, um, as well as Khalid's. Uh, and uh, yeah, go check out Sari. And if you're in Saudi, definitely be a part of it. Any plans to Dubai? Yeah, that's an important one. <laughs> With COVID-19, uh, everything, <laughs> with COVID-19, I think everything is at uh, pause. Yeah. Yes, so that's been a very exciting discussion. And uh, I hope that some of the answers were like uh, fruitful or uh, enriching to your audience. And uh, looking forward to, 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 to hear all your uh, episodes.
our podcast is available on all the podcast platforms so if you could just leave us a review it really helps us out with the algorithm to spread this to more people uh if you have a friend who would like to listen to more stuff about startups please give it a share um you can also find a video version of this podcast on youtube uh just search for startup person middle east and you can see our pretty faces and if you'd like to uh leave us a voice note share some feedback you can do that on the anchor app uh that's the platform that we use to distribute our podcast and you can find us on all social media channels keep on hustling